Comedy LOL Podcast Network. And those who were seen dancing were thought to be insane by those who could not hear the music. That quote is by Frederick Nietzsche. I think what's important to think about with this quote is the perspective of, you know, maybe everyone hears different music, right? So go kind of um, to the beat of your own drum. And that's what you're going to hear, but no one else is going to hear that. That's kind of what I'm taking away from it. Yeah, and I, I'm kind of taking away a little bit of that, but also a little bit of what I'm actually experiencing in my life. And that is now that I'm becoming symbol literate and I'm seeing different allegory in different places, you know, say just in movies or even in architecture or in city skylines when I'm driving by and I notice there's like a pyramid on top of a building. I'm like, what? There's three pyramids on top of that building? I never noticed that. So I feel like. In the same way, I'm kind of like reacting to that. So in the same way as people would dance to music, I'm reacting to this and people just aren't seeing it. So they think I'm crazy, but it's all right. I'm used to it. And I think it's also, you know, the point that you are in your life, right? So maybe the dance that you're doing is a dance somebody else did years ago, but now they're onto a new dance. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. I like that. Or maybe I did it and I was just in another body. Ooh. And I. I just went and saw um, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the movie, um, in this theater. <laughs> and one of the things they say at the end is, like, when the music stops, it's silence. And I think what's important is, like, if the music for you does stop, like, try and figure out what is the next song going to be. In terms of, like, you should always be moving and changing and doing something different. The silence is like an emptiness, right? Yeah, but sometimes silence could be a nice... Uh, way to reset or to realign Reflect. yourself. Yeah, that too. Absolutely. I mean, I, I don't want to read too much into a quote from a 90s, I guess, comedy, but I just thought it was very insightful. Um, and definitely, for me, applied to the quote that we talked about today. Okay, let's get into what we're doing here, which we're going to be looking today at the Six of Swords and the Judgment card. So we're still in our suit of swords fall, falling on our swords here. I'm definitely doing that. Um, I'm going to give a brief description of the card, and then we'll go into our initial thoughts here. So the six of swords, um, the card I'm looking at has a gray background, and you see some water. There is in the forefront a, it looks like kind of like a gondola, and there's someone you know, kind of moving the gondola. He has like the staff in his hand and in the gondola, you see a cloaked figure and next to that cloaked figure, I mean, I guess it's a child. And in front of them, you see six swords standing up vertically in the gondola on the right hand side of the gondola, where that little staff is in the water, it's very wavy water. And on the left hand side, all the rest of the water appears really calm in the background. You see some mountains and some trees. If you'd like to see what the card really looks like, again, look at our Instagram at Terrible2, T-A-R-O-T-B-U-L-L, and the number two. Um, what were your thoughts here looking at this? Initially, it looks, I mean, like every sword card, it just looks negative right mm -hmm. off the bat. It looks like there's people that are fleeing something. Maybe there's a conflict, a war, something that's bad that's going on on the other side, on the other shore. And that's 
denoted really well by the rough water on the right side. And it's also mm-hmm. the side the guy has the stick that he's navigating. So it looks like they're getting away from something. I just, for me, this was very reminiscent to the beginning of the Hunchback of Notre Dame, where they go and they're asking for sanctuary. Like, that's what I saw when I saw it. Like, escaping from something, looking to find sanctuary somewhere else. Um, some kind of refugees, if you will. Um, and obviously, there is some kind of conflict. And if they were to take those swords out, again, this is just my perspective. You take the swords out of that gondola, then clearly you're going to sink. So it's like wherever you're going, try to get there fast. Yeah, it's not a it's not a trip for pleasure. (laughs) Definitely. Yes. All right. So let's look at the different parts of this. You already started talking about the water. So let's look at the water on the left hand side of the gondola and the right hand side. What were your thoughts there? On my card on the left-hand side, the water is mostly white, and then toward the top, it fades to a little bit of blue. And as you stated in your description, it's very calm, very serene. And then on the right-hand side, like you said, it's it's rougher, and we get more colors and a little more action. So for me, it just looks like they're headed for safer ground or safer um, territory, just something that's a little more peaceful and calm. So, which is like we just said before, silence. Sometimes that's what you need. You need a little break. You need to to meditate and um, to reflect. So, it looks like that's what they're headed to do. For sure, and I would say I agree with you 100%. It looks like you're on some kind of journey, escaping maybe a hardship, a turbulent time, and going towards something a little bit more peaceful and calm. And I don't know where I'm getting that, but I, <laughs> yeah. that's just my own thought here. Um, okay, let's look at the figures, the three different figures, the gondolier, if you will, and the two figures sitting on this, the little step. What are your thoughts? Again, going back to what we were saying, how it looks like they're just retreating or they're refugees. The two figures that are sitting down, one's covered with a cloak with their head down. The other one's nestling in for protection right next to him. And the gondolier is facing away just as the other two figures are facing away. So there's definitely something that they don't want to see going on behind them. Mm-hmm. And maybe they're trying to be a little bit more optimistic and looking to the horizon. Um, I said that for me, the cloaked figure, since obviously since we can't see the face, it was a little representational of maybe an older person. Um, and then you have the different stages of life you know, kid, adult, which is the gondolier, and then, you know, someone a little bit more um, wise, a little older on in years is the other cloaked figure sitting next to the child. And it's like one of those escaping hardships throughout your life and how to deal with them. Yeah, I like that. It's funny, as you said that, somebody just started a ween whacker. <gasps> yeah, no, I, I like how you said that. It, also, though, I, I this cloaked figure, I sometimes I see it like a, it could be the mother of this child, maybe, or... Um, but going if it is, it, it's in if it is the mother of this child and she is fully clothed like that. Something definitely something very bad definitely happened. Mm-hmm. OK, let's go to the swords. What were your thought on the swords in the gondola? Originally, when you look at it, it looks like it's cargo and it's what they're carrying. But when I'm looking at it now, they look like they're forming some type of wall or a veil so these other characters can't see on the other side. Mm-hmm. So it could represent that they're going through this 
voyage across the water, but they also have to go through some type of transformation with swords or use swords somehow to get through where they have to go. Okay. All right. I could see that for sure. Um, for me, looking at it, the placement of the swords in the gondola, if you just look at the handles, it almost looks like it's mimicking the mountains in the back. It goes up. You have this top peak sword, which is the second one to the right. And then it looks like it's dipping down a little bit. So, again, it's like you go into the through these turbulent times, which is maybe like the peak. And now it's going to calm down a little bit, you know, slide back down into something that's a little bit more peaceful, restful, calm. Yeah, it's nice because if we look at the five like um, that we did last week, it looked like some kind of battle or contest just happened. So this could represent maybe leaving after some kind of battle or contest or some kind of um, what's the word I'm looking for, like fight mm-hmm. uh, and looking, like you said, for safer waters or for more peaceful lands. All right. The last thing I did want to talk about was the mountains and trees in the background. What were your thoughts there? I actually hadn't really noticed those mountains and trees until I was looking at the card before we started. Um, and I like how they're not really rough mountains. So in a lot of these cards, especially in the major arcana, we'll see a mountain or some mountains in the background that look kind of rugged and, and harder to navigate and harder to get through. These mountains look a lot more tame. You know, there's just like a little bit of trees, a little bit of forest. So it's showing you there's some life, but it's not a dense forest that you have to go through. It's not a giant mountain that you have to climb over. It looks like more peaceful lands, but fertile. In my card, the mountains and the trees are very similar in color to the water. So I said that there's that again, that emotionality and investment and feelings and maybe your own turbulent emotional times tying in there. But again, then because of the trees, there's this life. So you have this like new life that's being created out of this hardship. Yeah, I like that kind of like a flower growing through crack in the sidewalk. Exactly. And I think it was very purposeful, again, just on the card that I'm looking at, that the the coloring of the mountains and the trees is so similar to the coloring of the water. It's not like this bright, bright green. Like, it's not like a Kelly green. and It's not like a dark brown mountain or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's more like a reflection of what's exactly. going on with the water. Yeah. Okay, so if this card came up in a general reading, what would you say? I think I would have to talk about how we were saying how... Uh, Sometimes it's sometimes it's time to move on. You have to take what you have and what you learned. And if we're looking at the five like we did that we covered last week in that battle or that some kind of contest or some kind of um still can't find the word. <laughs> uh some kind of I guess fight or I'll figure it out and edit and make it sound good. <laughs> But um, so you're you're leaving that and you're looking for somewhere to go to be calm and peaceful and relax and to meditate, like we said before, and to just uh, contemplate where you've been and what you've gone through already and then maybe plan out your next moves. Um, I also said that for me that this was feeling trapped in an escape. Right. And kind of recognizing like. There might be rough waters now, but calmer waters are coming because I've made this choice to move on. So like better times ahead for sure. 
Um, and then kind of like a new home or a new environment or a new normal life and, you know, whatever your new norm is going to be. And I, I mean, I'm going to apply this definitely then to the next thing I'm going to ask about is what if this card came up in a love reading? What would you say? If this card came up in a love reading, it looks like this is what happens after a relationship is over. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this person, you're basically leaving the rougher waters. Maybe it was a relationship that ended, didn't have to necessarily end really bad, but it just, you know, I mean, why do relationships end? Sometimes there's disagreements. Sometimes people don't see eye to eye and they cannot, they can't figure it out. Sometimes one person wants to change and the other one refuses. So this is that other person taking what they still have and going to find a new land to start a new life. Mm-hmm. And go exactly. to bang that gondolier. <laughs> <laughs> I said, so obviously I'm always going to do, I'm, I always try to do like, what if you're in a relationship versus what if you're single? I said that if you're in a relationship, this could for sure be the ending of the relationship and starting something new. Or it could be an assessment of where you are and trying to get back to maybe the calmer waters and recognizing that work needs to get put in there. Um, but it has to be right. A team effort. This is not a solo gondolier. They have other people there in the boat. Um, and I said, if, if it's you're single, then, um, it could be maybe after you had a relationship and you're moving on from that or the acceptance of like, I, I'm going to try to make an effort in the next relationship I have or go for someone that's going to help keep that's not going to be a turbulent type of relationship. I think sometimes we're drawn to people that can be a little toxic and make your life a little bit harder because some people crave that type of drama. And I think that if you're single, it's like that acknowledgement of like, maybe I do need somebody that will help keep me on like a calm pathway. Yeah, that makes sense. Some people also, they need attention. They crave drama, but also sometimes what it is, um, people see flaws within themselves so when they're looking for another person, they when they find flaws in them, it kind of comforts them because they're like, oh, well, I'm not perfect. You know, I have my flaws. I have my faults. And then this person has their faults and their flaws. So they look past them and they kind of forgive them a little bit. They're like, well, maybe I can help this person. But like we've said time and time again, the only person you can help is yourself for sure. Not that I'm not saying you can ever help anyone else, but until you help yourself, until you figure it out. There's no way you're going to be able to help anyone else. And once you do figure it out, then you could just be a example for people. I think that's the best way to do it. Mm-hmm. 100%. Okay, so let's say this comes up in a career reading. What would you say? If this came up in a career reading, I would say that it looks like it's time to move on. Maybe something just your career just ended or maybe you have a better opportunity where it's going to be a little less turbulent and you can do – more what you want to do, you can start to follow your dharma, something that you think you're being called to do. And it's not going to be easy. It's You have to navigate those waters, the turbulent waters, and you have to um, you know, take what's important, and that's it. It looks like this person is only taking what they need to survive. Only what you need to survive. And they're mm-hmm. uh, crossing those waters. That's from Spaceballs, everybody, if you haven't seen that movie. I highly recommend it. Uh, I- yeah. I said, I said if this was came up in a career reading, um, it could either be 
coming out of a hard financial time in terms of feeling a little bit more calm or secure in like your financial positioning, maybe it's getting a new job. Uh, so if you went through a series of being unemployed or not being able to find something that, you know, suits either your financial needs or even like your own emotional needs, this could be, um, finding that position. I also said that this could be, um, you know, again, like you said, a wake up call of like, you know, it, maybe it is time to move on. This isn't the type of thing that you should be doing. Sometimes I think people need to hear that. If I had to relate this to a specific um, profession, I honestly would say like psychiatrist, psychologist, somebody that helps to guide you, counselor, um, and moving from a position where that could be a little bit turbulent into something that is a little bit more calmer um, and helps to establish that type of positivity and calmness and, um, peacefulness throughout your life. Yeah, I like that because if you're looking at this, the gondolier, he's standing. He's very confident. He knows what he's doing. He's able to navigate those waters. So if you're somebody who relates to that gondolier, maybe that is a sign to you that you need to look into that type of work or just (laughs) it doesn't even have to be official career. It could just be something that you do um, for friends. And then if it starts to work out better then just keep working on it, grab a tarot deck, mm-hmm. work with it, see what happens. Okay. Any final thoughts here on the six of swords? No. How about you? No, I'm, I feel good. All right. Let's move on now. We're going to the judgment card. Um, and this is our major arcana card of the week. I think it's kind of sad because we only have a couple more left after this. Um, and so, I mean, we'll get we'll cross that bridge when we get there, right? But, yeah, I'm uh, actually excited because we get to start talking about we could start talking about them again, and then we can also even do card comparisons. Yeah. So, um, and actually, if you're if you're a listener and you have any ideas, why don't you share them with us? If there's something you want us to do, a breakdown, a comparison. I mean, I know we were talking about comparing all the aces last week, so maybe that's something we'll do. And I was looking at all the aces the other day when I was ordering my deck and it, it, there was a lot there. It was very fascinating. A lot of similarities, a lot of differences we could talk about. So look for that guys. And, um, like I always say every week, we love our new listeners. So if you are a new listener, thank you. Go to terrible.com. That's the best way to find us and listen to us and to support us. You can go to comedy, lol.com. That's also how you can contact us and, um, just let us know what you think. All right. All right. Yeah, let's get into the judgment card here. Yeah. Okay, so there's so much going on. Um, so you have this winged figure in the center. Um, they have red wings or red orangey wings, yellow hair, um, and they're wearing like this light blue tunic in the clouds. Um, so you only see from like maybe like chest up from them. You don't see anything below the chest. And they're blowing this, it looks like kind of like a horn. Um, and attached to the horn is this white flag with a red cross in it. So they're blowing this horn. And at the bottom of the card, you see these figures standing in these boxes. And um, they're like arms are outstretched kind of, and they're looking up at the sky at this figure blowing the horn. Um, and they're all naked. And it looks kind of like on my card that these boxes are in the water. Um, and you have a woman on the right, a child, it looks like in the middle, potentially a man on the left, and then some figures in the background, maybe mimicking the same woman, child, man. And in the background, you see, it looks like potentially mountains. Um, you see these mountains and, um, 
they're, like I said, on water. Again, so much going on here. Definitely for sure. Look at our Instagram at terrible too. Um, all right. What were your thoughts looking at it? Originally, like when I first looked at this card, it just screams uh, revelations from the New Testament of the Bible, if you're not familiar. And it just reminds me of that moment. I mean, I was um, when I was younger, I was a born again Christian. Thanks, mom. And they talked a lot about that. That was one of the big things. It was all like, you know, if you don't do exactly what we you, uh, if you don't do exactly what we say because that's what god said uh then you're going to go to hell because there's going to be a rapture and i was like when i was younger i was so scared that there was going to be a rapture and i was going to be left behind because they said they would say that um only the righteous can hear the horns when they blow or whatever the the trumpet the bugle and that's what this card reminds me of and that everybody else is just going to be stuck here to like fight armageddon so i was terrified a little fourth grader like yeah this is going to be great so that's exactly what this card reminds me of it reminds me of the rapture and um in the biblical sense what about you um i agree with you and to me it looked like they were all standing in coffins so it was kind of that rising of the dead calling to heaven these people that have passed away. Um, and then that's like, you know, everyone will eventually rise again, right? When, when Jesus comes back. Um, what I think is interesting about what you just said is that you said only the righteous will hear the sound. And it looks like every figure in this, this card, hears the sound. Yeah, exactly. I was thinking of that too, because the quote that we had in originally, I'm sorry, in the beginning of the show, that said that you look crazy, you know, if you're, you're dancing to music, but you're right. This is the, the type of music that everybody is going to hear. And I, I like to look at it though. um, In the fact that not everyone is going to hear it at once. This is something that is going to come to somebody eventually on their own time. And maybe not even in this lifetime, you know, you talk, we think about like reincarnation, different lifetimes. Sometimes people will go their whole life and not have this judgment. They, um, they just live on kind of riding out their karma and they never come across this, but I believe that eventually everybody at some point in their life or whatever, you know, like I said, next life, they come to this point and they, they, they're awakened. And it's like, it's very similar to the matrix where when Neo wakes up and he's looking around, he's looking at the world through totally different eyes. It's not anything that he thought it was at all. And that's, uh, that's what this card means to me that these days. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's get into the different parts of it. I want to start off with the angel figure. They have red wings. What were your thoughts on that? What did you think about that? I know we've talked about that before. Um, yeah, so I think that that was obviously very purposeful. And for me, it, it really aligned with the idea of the judgment, kind of. They're not white and pure. It kind of is gives more to that fire and brimstone type of feel for me. Um, yeah. So that's what I thought. I like to, I always like to talk about alchemy when we see red because it, it kind of, that's the final stage is the rubido, which is the reddening. And that's when you're using your wisdom, which is when you get knowledge and your rhetoric together. And, you know, so you take this facts and this information and you figure it all out and then you want to share it with the world that's kind of what the Rubido process is all about, the reddening. So you're out there sharing it, and that's exactly what this angel is doing, sharing 
their message with everybody. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's look at the angel's hair. Um, and I'm only bringing that up because for me, it looks like flames. Again, tying into that because the wings, if you, I mean, the feathers are coming off horizontally, but it could look like flames in their wings as well. And that's what their hair looked like to me, just like the yellow part of the flame. Um, again, so like that fiery type of judgment. Yeah, I like that. You can also look at it as some type of enlightenment, kind of like in The Hanged Man where he has the halo. Mm-hmm. So this this figure, and going back to alchemy, same thing with the reddening stage. Um, this figure is out there sharing the, the the wisdom, waking everybody up. Like here it is, it's the truth. Can't deny it. And what were your thoughts then on the horn and the the flag? I think the horn is the instrument through which this being, we'll call him angel or her, is spreading their message and it's just showing that it's a so maybe it's a very because you know how they say truth is is very simple and it, it doesn't need to be explained very well you know it's just a simplistic thing so it could just be whispered softly but if you want to amplify it, that's I, I think that's what they're showing that the truth is something that is very basic but it can be loud and it can be projected when it comes to um somebody who is facing judgment so a lot of times truth is it's no big deal but if you're out living your life and you're screwing up and whatever you're doing when the truth comes it's going to hit you like a ton of bricks just like this horn so i would say that do you have any thoughts on the horn then we can go to the the flag or i could yeah no i totally agree with you and i think that um it's it's powerful that they chose an instrument like that because it's one of those that's incredibly aggressive sounding yeah. As opposed to like soothing and melodic, it can come across as like very intense. And so sometimes it's like one of those you can't avoid the truth. Yeah, for sure. OK, so going on to the flag, what did you think? So any cross like that, um, it's going to symbolize astrology and the oh the zodiac. That's what I was looking for. It's going to symbolize the zodiac and the circle with the cross. Because you have the two different planes that intersect. We have the solstices and then you have the equinoxes. So if you're looking at the zodiac and they form a cross, if you draw lines to them. And that's where uh, the Romans got the cross for Christianity for the for their solar cult when they modified it and made it Christianity. So really all it's signifying or all it's symbolizing to me is that horn of truth because when you're looking at the Zodiac, everything is in alignment. And if you have knowledge of that wisdom, knowledge of yourself, and it's in alignment, then you are in touch with that truth. And I love the tie-in back to the red for the wings and what I kind of see a little bit in the hair on that white flag. Um, kind of giving that purity as the white and then the red is that, for me, it's always aggression um, and like a... I mean, obviously, I mean, the card is judgment. That's what I would see with that. Yeah, it's all in perspective, right? What kind of truth it's going to definitely it's, it's going to appear very aggressive. And like you said, very loud to those who aren't ready to hear it. OK, so let's look at the mm, let's look at I don't even know where to go next. Maybe the figures. What were your thoughts on the figures? I really love these because. You got a male figure and a female figure and then the child right in the middle. So this is just, did we lose you? 
I'm back. Guess who's back in the motherfucking house? So I love, <laughs> I love when they throw, they show the three people like this because it's a direct shout out to the Trinity, which, and I just found this out too about the Matrix. So if, if you're thinking of the Matrix, or even if you think of the Holy Trinity, like you know God, the Father, and the Holy Spirit, they represent two different energies: the masculine and the feminine. So you have the the um, masculine creative force, and then you have I'm sorry, you have the feminine creative force in the masculine. Um, why is my mind going blank? But we've talked about these before. The two, so you have the two different forces, the masculine and the feminine, and they come together to create action in the world. So if you look at the alchemy process or know thyself, you're supposed to take your emotion and line them with your thoughts to create right action in the world. And that's exactly what they're showing. You have the emotion on the right side. You have the left side, which is your uh, masculine energy or logic. And right in the middle is that child. And right on the other side, it's just a mirror of that. So the other three people. So I really think this is just letting you know that you have to know yourself. This is part of it. And this is what happens when you get to know yourself. There is a judgment. There is an awakening. Or a judgment or an awakening can cause you to get to know yourself. It can cause you to birth that child. Mm -hmm. So it could look like something that's bad at first, but then it could turn into a positive. And I'm just going to piggyback off of that and because I totally agree with what you're saying about the figures, but I think that it's also very purposeful that it looks like they're standing in the water, which would give you that emotion. Um, and then you tie it in maybe with the physical part in the background, which is like the mountains and the trees. Yeah, and the fact that they're coming out of their graves just shows that they were dead before. So how, however they were living in the world, symbolically, they were dead until they had this judgment. Mm -hmm. Exactly. All right. So the last thing I did want to talk about is in the background, it looks like mountains, but they also look like clouds. What were your thoughts there? Well, we talked about in the Six of Swords how the mountains in the background were like nice and tame. And here is an example of what I was talking about with the rugged mountains. These mountains actually look like they form a wall. So for me, this is letting you know that if you want to have this judgment, you have to climb over those mountains. Either that or after you have this judgment and this awakening, those are the mountains you need to climb over to get to the rest of the world and try to let them know, try to wake other people up. You got to climb through like over Mount Everest. That's how hard it is to try to wake other people up to this knowledge of self, of getting to know yourself. And honestly, that's why I do this, because that's how I think we're going to change the world. It's, you know, waking people up one person at a time to this knowledge of getting to know yourself, to aligning your thoughts and your emotions, to create action, to act purposefully in the world. Mm -hmm. I think that for me, the mountains are representational of the different times in your life that you might have kind of a, a call for judgment. You know, they're going to happen at the best possible times and then the worst possible times of your life. And it, there's always going to be a judgment call there, regardless. And there's, like, no escaping it. So I think that I, that's why, I like, the figures, it just looks like they're embracing that. Yeah, for sure. Um, the last thing I did want to talk about, I know I just said I wanted to talk about the mountains last, but the things that they're standing in. For me, they looked like coffins. Um, or like caskets? What were your thoughts? Yeah, I, I would say the same thing. It, 
it just goes to show that before this judgment, they were literally dead. So they might have been awake. They might have thought they were awake. They might have thought they were just going to work every day and doing a job. But no, they were the dead <laughs> until they had this judgment, until they woke up, until they aligned their thoughts and their emotions to create action in the world. They were dead. It also gave me that thought of like, you know, that saying like from the earth you came into the earth, you will return. Yeah. Ashes to ashes. Exactly. It just kind of gave gave a sense of their own mortality. Um, all right. Any final thoughts here on the judgment card? No, I think we're we're good for today. OK, so then for the next part of the podcast, what we're going to do is we look at the same two cards that we have talked about already. So the six of swords and the judgment card. But we look in a different interpretation in terms of the artwork. It's a different deck. Um, and what's important to recognize, like we've talked about before, is that even though it's the same card, it's the same uh, number or suit, there can be different interpretations based on the the illustration of the deck and kind of the purpose of the deck. So Brandon gives the description and then we kind of just jump into our initial thoughts for both of these. All right, everybody, we're talking about the Alistair Crowley Thoth deck. And um, if you want to know what that looks like, you can go to our Instagram at Terrible, T-A-R-O-T-B-U-L-L, the number two. And if you'd like to purchase your own Alistair Crowley Thoth deck, go to ComedyLOL.com, click on the Amazon link, and then type in Thoth, T-H-O-T-H, deck, and buy one, and you'll help us out, and it won't cost you any more. All right, let's get into this. So right away, the center of the card, there is a yellow cross, and it looks like it's divided up into five squares, six squares, sorry. <laughs> and then we have six swords emanating from this cross, all starting at the point. And then if you go back further, there's a circle all around it, and it looks like that's the circle's right up almost at about where the handle of the swords are. And if you go back further, there's lines coming off that with all kinds of different geographical patterns everywhere. It can also say all the sword handles are different and there's kind of like a yellow, blue, gray, and a white shading all over. And uh, at the bottom of the card, it says science. Do you have anything you want to add to that? I don't. I, you know, as per usual, the name on the card totally threw me. Um, what I did really appreciate is that the cross is divided up into six squares, which would make a perfect cube if you folded them on those lines. Yes. Um, and I like the idea of it then being dissected by these swords. So the six sides being dissected by the six swords. Yeah, there's a lot there. <laughs> That's exactly what the cross represent. It's it represents the cube. Mhm, mhm. And then I I didn't really understand the red in the center part of this the um, cross. I didn't. It kind of just looked more like um. It looked more like energy coming off of where these two or these six swords were intersecting. Like there was power there. Yeah, that's where the fire is. It's the heart of it. And what I did really like also is just if you drew lines from the top sword to the kind of two on the left and the right, and then from the bottom sword up to the two on the left and the right, you would have like a six-sided star. Yeah, similar to the Star of David. Mm -hmm. Or if you took two triangles, which uh, upward pointing triangle is the phallic and the downward is the 
female. So it's like the cup, if you, it's putting them together is working in harmony. Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, for me, just looking at it, I'm just saying that this um, seems fully balanced, which I think gives way to the idea that it's in this circle, which is like the perfect shape that's dissected by all of these lines. Yeah. And if you look at it through the eyes of like sacred geometry, you could see that this cross would represent the cube, as you said, and it's inside the circle. And the fact that these swords are all intersecting it evenly, I think that's where they get the science from, because it looks like you're dissecting reality, you're breaking it down, you're studying it, you're measuring it perfectly. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I honestly like, wow. <laughs> yeah, there's <laughs> um, a lot. And so the idea of being saying science, whereas a lot of the other things we've talked about is very emotional. For me, it's like this mind over matter type of idea. Yeah, you're right. Sometimes you have to use your thoughts and your logic to guide the way to look at something objectively. Mm-hmm. Uh, I. I do appreciate all of the little uh, geometric. To me, they kind of look like windmills in the back. Um, Yeah. And just like kind of like then there'd be that movement of air um, and kind of like the, you know, movement of air where wind is like changing. You know, it's a, a change that you can't see, but you can feel. Yeah, for sure. Wow, I just felt like that was super insightful on the idea of wind. I'm going to write that down for later. (laughs) Yeah, I like that. Because swords do represent air, um, you know, so that's just, I think they're just letting you know. Especially because they're all different sizes and they're all over the place. So it's just, it's it kind of reminds me to interject that logic when you need to. Like, let it flow through. Mm -hmm. Get to that truth. There's no okay. water anywhere in this card. Okay. But I do love the different handles on all of the different swords. Again, it just gives like a different perspective. I can almost see it being like different branches of science, to be honest. If we're yeah. going with the science theme. Yeah, exactly. Different branches of science, which are just different ways of looking at things and breaking them down and studying them. For sure. All right, let's move on. So the next card is the judgment card. Wow. Wowee. Okay, so this card is called the Aeon, and if you're looking at it, we'll start top to bottom. From the top, it looks like there is this figure that is, like, hunching over with their hands on the ground and their feet on the ground, and then inside, it looks like there's stars and sky. Under that, we have a, looks like a holographic figure with their finger in their mouth and some kind of crazy headdress, and then Directly behind them, there's an Egyptian figure seated, it looks like Horus, seated on a throne holding what looks to be some kind of scepter. And then under that, we have wings. And, I mean, you guys got to see it. It's really hard to explain. There's like three beings stuck inside what looks like maybe some type of uh, sack, like like, like they're about to be born. Um, And there's... Really great color themes going on from red to blue, green, yellow, orange. Um, so, again, check it out. Terrible, t- terrible, T-R-O-T-B-U-L-L-2 on our Instagram. 
Okay, what did you think here? Well, I really love how there's the two different figures. So there's the one that's the shadow figure, and this represents Horus the Younger. It's the different stages of the sun or just the different stages of life, really. And in the background, you have the older, wiser one coming through, shielded by the night sky. I mean, it's... That's why I love these cards. They're really more about the artwork. And as you look at it, you know, thing, things you didn't see come to you. I, and, and a lot more, I think, than in the other cards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it just represents some kind of harmony and balance for me with the old to new. And then with the night sky coming over because Horus uh, represents the sun. So it's like the balance, the equilibrium. And so for me, with the title of the card, which would be like a prolonged period of time, I just kind of see that as being like the evolution of the human in terms of their own life. Um, Because it looks like we've got a lot of different, you said the things being born potentially at the bottom, and then you have all of these different stances, right? So you have like maybe a child, you have an adult, maybe someone older, like you said, sitting on the throne, and then maybe this figure that's in the background that looks like the I mean, for me, it looks like um, they're doing like a back bend or something. Maybe that would be like, you know, eventually going back to death. Yeah, yeah, the cycles of life for sure. You can also look at it as the the figure that's the night sky could be the female energy, yeah. the female night sky, and then Horus is that male energy, the sun god, and they're giving birth to Horus the younger, who is the one that's the hologram it's the one that's just coming into being so you could just barely see it so like you said yeah the cycle of life i love mm-hmm. that and then uh, you also if you look at like the bracelets on what you were saying is like the night sky um kind of like the different ups and down patterns some of them look like a little bit like a cardiogram um and some of them just look like waves and it just for me showed like the symbolism of uh, of cycles and the ups and downs highs and lows of life yeah, especially because they're right at the beginning and the ending. Mm-hmm. Because if you think of the feet and the hands, that's where that's where we join our reality. You know, we walk on our feet, we grab things with our hands. Absolutely. Um, but this has, I mean, the card just has so much going on. And at first I was like, what am I even looking at? There was, um, and it took me a minute for sure to kind of get my bearings here. Um what did you have any thoughts on the bottom with like the red, blue, reddish, orange, like green, like hills? It just look it looks like this figure is firmly planted in the red, but then going through all the different colors, like all the different stages. Yeah, and for me, you know, um, a wave is measured either from peak to peak or trough to trough. So either from the top of the peak to the top of the next peak or from the bottom of one wave to the bottom of the next wave. And this looks like it's one complete wavelength, right? So it's one complete maybe life cycle. And you're seeing all the different stages. That's just how I was able to, what I came up with here. Yeah, I like it. Any final thoughts here on this one? No, I think we're going to leave it there for now. All right. Sounds good. Perfect. Alrighty, All Rooney. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, next <laughs> week um, we are talking about the seven of of swords, 
and um, this would be I, almost like halfway point in the suit of swords, right? Um, so we're halfway done with that and yeah. halfway maybe through our fall of um, uh, our fall season. And then our major arcana card is the world. Yeah, the world or the universe, mm-hmm. depending on which deck. And that's the final of the 21 major arcana, depending on how you look at it, because some people say that the fool is the beginning and the end. So maybe we'll talk about him again next before we move on to something else with the major arcana. And I love that because I actually just had somebody um, reach out to me and they were showing me their, um, they had a career spread and they had the fool card. And um, I think that it might be nice to revisit that to show the power in that. Yeah, for sure. Um, And I love, I love that that would kind of really nicely wrap up beginning and end, you know, a full cycle going back to the beginning. All right. Um, Oh, go ahead. Yeah, no, I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited too. And speaking of full cycles, that's the end of this episode, everybody. Thank you for listening. You could support us by going to comedylol.com. Check us out on terrible.com, T-A-R-O-T-B-U-L-L.com. On Instagram at terrible2, T-A-R-O-T-B-U-L-L, the number two. And uh, Ashley, any final words? Nope. Judgment day has passed. Yeah, and you (laughs) have failed. (laughs) no just kidding everybody you passed thanks for listening bye comedy lol podcast network yeah, rainy. Um, I'll be very interested in hearing how the audio sounds this week. I it sounds pretty good to me, so I don't think it'll be that bad. Did you hear last week how like when I cut in and it sounded way better all of a sudden? I did, but I didn't think it sounded bad initially. To be honest, no, no, it didn't. But it was just amazing the difference. Still though, I was like, oh wow, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure, let me just stop recording this too. Just Skype call. Stop.